in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So for those of you who are candidates, a very special day. Thank you for everything that you have done to come forward and to say publicly that your life is based on your faith in God through Jesus Christ. And you have come, I know, from many different ways and routes and journeys to get to this day. But you have this in common, that you are here as this group this morning. And that's wonderful. So also, a word of thanks to all the people who have supported you, the people who have particularly prayed and prepared you for today, but also the people who've walked with you over a long period. You know who you are, and thank you. Now, the readings that we've had this morning are not special for you. I'm sorry. They are the same readings that millions of people are hearing all around the world in different languages. And we could spend a long time studying them, but hey, there is another service and you guys want lunch. So we won't do everything that we can. And everywhere, anyway, I want the liturgy to be able to do its work. Here we are, listening to the scriptures. You will be presented. You will receive prayer. Together we will thank God for his great works. And then together we will be guests at his table and then we will go to be his people in the world. That's the dynamic of the service and I don't want to get in the way. But there are some things in this morning's readings, just briefly for us, that I think speak particularly to you, but we'll let everybody else listen in. So, what have we got? We have got parts of the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah was writing at a time of crisis, national failure, defeat, exile, a complete collapse of the political system. So, what was the prophet, what was the spokesperson of God to do? What was he to say? The second reading from the second letter to Timothy, probably not actually by Paul because it seems to have been written in Paul's name at a time when church life had moved on further from what it would have been during the actual Paul's lifetime. But it's clear that in those early years, again, there was a crisis because some people were taking the Christian faith and they were twisting it, and there was a kind of marketplace of different beliefs going around. How were you to know what was true? And then in the Gospel, the part that we had this morning comes at the end of a long section of Luke's Gospel, unique to Luke's Gospel, where Jesus is teaching. And at the end, we have this part where, as Luke the Gospel writer tells us, it was there because there were people who might lose heart in their prayer life and there might be a crisis. So, a crisis of political and public life and of nationhood, a crisis of knowing what was true, and a crisis in people's own devotional life, their prayer life, their spiritual life before God. 
And in each of those cases, what we have in the scripture this morning is something that tells there is a better story. And this story is for you. Because in Jeremiah, the prophet writes of how God will be in a very special relationship of the heart with his people and he will remember their sins no more. There's a new start. However we have messed up, and we all have, God is always there and welcoming us, offering us this amazing new start. And whether that's individually or indeed as a community, as a church, and I'd like to think as a nation, there is always that possibility. God does not write us off. God does not let us go. In the second reading, there's that encouragement to look to what's called the Scriptures. Now, actually, when that letter was written, the Scriptures meant what we know as the Old Testament. But there is the story of God's dealings with his people. There is wisdom. There are the Psalms. There is, again, that assurance that our God is a God of righteousness and of justice, a God who cares for the poor, a God who wants to see human lives and society lived in a way that says yes to him. And through the wisdom of the ages, we can learn that is possible. Whatever it is that happens to you and all our opportunities and our sufferings and our challenges, we have them, they are all very individual and personal to us. But somebody somewhere, sometime, has had a similar experience and we stand in that long tradition of those who have found their hope in God through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's there for you. And then, Jesus tells this little parable that we have in our Gospel. I'd like to think that Jesus tells this as a kind of joke. I'm sure there are many places where Jesus will have used humor. And he says, look, if there's, if there's a judge who's really unjust, and this poor woman has to keep battering this person to get justice, don't you think that God is going to be just? God doesn't need to be battered like that, but God will hear your prayer because God loves you, and you are of infinite worth. So, a new start, a way that can be lived in relationship with God, learning from the wisdom of the ages and drawing on that wonderful well of what is there in the Scriptures, and knowing that God will always hear your prayer and that God loves you with a love that is beyond your understanding, you are saying your yes to all of that and good friends around you and people who are watching us on live stream, they are all rooting for you today. So now, let's move on with the service and we'll soon be coming to the moment when each of you receives this prayer. The Chapel of the Cross is an Episcopal church in the heart of Chapel Hill and the university community. Find out more at 
thechapelofthecross.org. There you can find our latest news and events, connect with our pastoral care team, Faith in Action Ministries, and offer a prayer request. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram at The Chapel of the Cross, and on Facebook and Twitter at C-O-T-C, Chapel Hill. May you be nourished by the Word to serve in the world.